Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. You are angry. You've been mistreated or bullied or teased. So you get a high-powered gun and go kill people. Today's stream of mass shootings is a perfect illustration of how we've lost the concept of the punishment needing to fit the crime. Dr. Jennings is with us via Skype. He's here to help us figure out how the human mind, Dr. Jennings, can make the leap from hurt to outright deadly rage. Most of the mass shootings are not they walk in, see something, and they immediately pull their gun out and shoot. They're usually contemplated, planned, organized, carried out. So I don't really see them as acts of rage, acts of selfishness, acts of hate, certainly. Many of them are very methodical and calm as they're carrying these things out. And that's the more dangerous of the type because rage can be impulsive and rage can sometimes, sometimes be confined. But when you plan it, when you figure it out, when it's first degree, then you have a little bit more of a problem dealing with it. Am I right? Well, that's right. So let's focus our talk on this question of what's going on in society that we're getting increased violence and increased frequency of these mass shootings, even though mass shootings in and of themselves are not likely to threaten the average person. It's very rare that we would find ourselves. It's extremely unlikely any individual would be caught up in one, but they are happening more frequently here in the last few decades. What's going on that this is increasing? I would say that we have more communication with each other. We are seeing it more. We are being told about it more. Is that right? So we are getting more media exposure to these things. So it feels like it is a bigger threat to us, the mass shooting type. But violence actually is going up to child abuse rates, Mm. spouse abuse rates. These type of violence is going up in society. And there is this increased threat going on. And and I want to suggest this is happening because love is decreasing Mm. in society. Society. People are becoming less concerned with others, altruism, other centeredness. And neurobiologically, when our altruistic brain circuits are firing, altruism, something larger than ourselves that we care about more than ourselves, when that happens, our fear circuits get calmed. We're not primarily concerned with self-protection. But if we don't have an altruistic focus, then we can become more fearful, more insecure, and more isolated. And in the history of this nation in America, there were three big principles that were the overriding principles that everybody grew up with. And those three principles were love for God, love for family, love for country. And what's happened in our society today, the generation growing up today, are growing up in a nation where they're taught there is no God. Mm. We just evolved from a lot. And so God has been taken out of the, not just the school space, the workspace, and the public debate or the public square. It's simply something that people don't really publicly talk about or share like they used to. God is something that doesn't exist for many young people today. Secondly, this idea that families are dysfunctional. Families uh, are not the place where you actually get support. Families are broken. And then the third, our nation is an exploiter and abuser of minorities and outcast peoples of the world and our nation and its institutions is not trustworthy. And so there's been this concerted message that has gone to the to the nation, at least in America, that uh, the big three other-centered focus, God, family, country, are no longer worthy. And so people are becoming more isolated and more, I think, fearful and insecure, and thus they turn to self. 
to protect themselves or to find the, quote, justice or the fairness that they feel that they didn't get. Well, this has to happen pretty fast, Dr. Jennings, because the first murder took place, Adam and Eve were the parents, and their first two kids, one killed the other. We're talking about a society in which societal influences are changing such that people are are becoming more fearful and insecure and the places that they would look for security and safety are being undermined. I'm just saying that the time for us to lose focus on God and on family and on country when it comes to Cain and Abel happened within years or months of, of Eden where altruism was at its peak. We went from a society before the fall where altruism was at its peak. God loved everybody and Adam and Eve loved everybody and all that stuff. And then we went to a murder that didn't have time for God, family, and country to be diminished. Or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there was time there. No, no. What you're articulating there is the root problem. Fear and selfishness was operating in Cain's heart, and love was not operating in his heart. Ah. And so anything that undermines love and incites fear and selfishness leads to the willingness to exploit other people. So Cain had fear and selfishness Mm -hmm. dominate and did not have love for his brother dominate. Okay, very good. So looking at society today, as we lose our emphasis on God, as we lose our emphasis on family and on country, it's being replaced with what? What are we emphasizing on these days? So self is emphasizing and becoming the center. You can even see this in how the U.S. Army recruiting slogans changed over the last 100 years. In the time of World War One, the Army slogan, if we still see historical pictures of this, was an Uncle Sam pointing his finger saying, I want you for the U.S. Army. Mm-hmm. And, and the message was the country wanted you to join this organization, something larger than you. Mm-hmm. From 1950 to 1971, the slogan was Modern Army Green. Again, join this organization that's larger than you, something worthy of your self-sacrifice and your investment in to join and be part of. But there was a subtle change in 71 to 80 with the slogan that went, today's army wants to join you. Mm. Notice now, instead of you joining the organization, you're so important that this entire organization will join with you. And then in 1980 to 2001, it got more narcissistic with the slogan, be all that you can be. Mm. It's not about you coming to identify with an organization and assimilate. It's about you becoming all that you're able to be. And then in 2001 to 2006, it actually became completely pathological with an army of one. It's all about you now. Okay. (laughs) You're the one. Okay. And so you can see what's happening. And the reason the slogans changed is because the mindsets have changed and people have becoming ever increasing more self-centered. Me, 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 more of me. Mm -hmm. And there have been studies done on freshman college classes with do standardized tests of narcissism over the last 20, 25 years. And every class comes in more self-centered, more entitled, more believing that they do deserve than the class before. Wow. Wow. The love of many is waxing cold. People are becoming selfish. And as they become selfish, selfishness leads to isolation. And that leads to more fear and more insecurity. And it leads to the viewpoint that it's not fair how we're being treated, which leads to anger and resentment, which leads to distrust in organizations, which leads to willingness to act on your own to either get your way or to punish those who didn't give you what you deserve. 
Why, Dr. Jennings? Why did that happen? What brought us here? What brought us to this point in the national history are several different changes in our society, but the ultimate roots, again, you identified when Adam and Eve sinned, is that fear and selfishness Mm -hmm. infected the human hearts, and the whole landscape of human history are two principles battling back and forth for our hearts. The one principle of altruistic love, greater love is no man than to give his life for a friend, warring with the principle of survival of the fittest, kill or be killed. Mm -hmm. And those those principles, as we advocate policies that advance love, then we diminish the willingness to exploit others. As we diminish the love-based policies and advance self, then we increase the self-centered consequences, including willingness to harm others. Back in the 1960s, JFK famously said, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Notice the emphasis of his, and this was a famous statement. It was about altruism. It was about give for the larger good, sacrifice self for the larger good for the country. But now if a Democratic candidate tried to say that on stage, they would be booed off stage. (laughs) The whole message of the political party today is our country is here to serve you. You deserve from your country, free this, free that, free the other thing. You are so important and your country deserves to give you everything. And so it's complete opposite. Yes, don't ask what you can do for your country. Ask what your country owes you. Mm. And that message is being hammered into this generation where they feel so entitled and they feel so outraged that they don't get something. Well, Dr. Jennings, uh, in the last three minutes we have on the program here, reverse this for us. How do we start heading back? I want to end up in Eden again, you know. Well, we're not going to really ultimately have Eden until the Lord recreates the earth. Yeah. So, But how can we bring these loving principles to bear? Well, it starts first off with our own heart. Start right. with your own self first. We have to individually take time with the God of love and surrender our hearts to him and ask for the indwelling presence that will transform us from fear, self-driven people to people who love God and others more than self. And, and then we start with our families. We teach our children. We teach our children not just just scholastically or didactically, we treat them experientially. We demonstrate how love works in action, how grace works in action, how truth works in action. And we set principles and practice those principles and raise our kids to to recognize that that health is found in honest labor, other-centered giving and beneficence, and it's not found in some idea that they're owed something. Mm -hmm. 
And so we, we begin teaching that. And so then we don't have these programs where every kid gets a participation award. We actually do teach that you reap what you sow and there are consequences. The student who works hard and goes to the gym and works out will get stronger muscles than the child who sits and watches TV every day. Mm -hmm. The one who practices their instrument will get better musical skill than the one who never practiced their instrument. We need to teach kids that reality works this way but we don't. We teach the opposite, that they're deserved a, a award, they're deserved a trophy, even though they never actually developed themselves to be skillful. Mm, mm, mm. And then that's country and there's family. Now God. What do we need to think about God as we do this process? Well, we need to get people to, to back to understand God as our creator and his laws are those laws upon which reality operate, the laws of health, the laws of physics, and the law of love, and teach people that only in harmony with God's design is there true health and happiness. All of these artificial divisions that we do in our society are made up on rules that, that are not consistent with how reality works, like my brother's going to oh, exercise at the gym for me, and I expect to get the reward for stronger muscles. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. just not how reality works. <laughs> okay. And... <laughs> And that seems to be so much the the mindset of so many today. You know, if if you do good, that means I did good because I said good for you. And uh, we seem to we seem to bask in the glory of other people's accomplishments and not try to accomplish ourselves. Would I be right in saying that? It's okay to celebrate the successes yes. of others that we love. Yes. We want to celebrate that. But what happens is there's actually a deep seated envy and jealousy if we don't get some credit or reward for somebody else's successes. We're jealous and angry for that. That's the self-centered narcissism that is really pathological. All right. Comeandreason.com is the website. Lots of good resources there. Dr. Jennings' books, his podcasts, radio programs, television programs, even some, some paraphrase of the Bible, all giving that character of God the boost it needs and the truth it needs in this day and age of self-centeredness and fear. Comeandreason.com. Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for being with us today. Appreciate it. Always great, Charles. Thank you. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>